Section 9 of The Schoolmaster and Other Stories by Anton Chekhov. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by William Tomko. The Schoolmaster and Other Stories by Anton Chekhov. Section 9 A Mystery. On the evening of Easter Sunday, the actual civil councillor, Navagin, on his return from paying calls, picked up the sheet of paper on which visitors had inscribed their names in the hall, and went with it into his study. After taking off his outer garments and drinking some seltzer water, he settled himself comfortably on a couch, and began reading the signatures in the list. When his eyes reached the middle of the long list of signatures, he started, gave an ejaculation of astonishment, and snapped his fingers, while his face expressed the utmost perplexity. Again, he said, slapping his knee, it's extraordinary. Again, again, there is the signature of that fellow. Goodness knows who he is. Fedyukov, again. Among the numerous signatures on the paper was the signature of a certain Fedyukov, who the devil this Fedyukov was, Navigin had not a notion. He went over in his memory all his acquaintances, relations, and subordinates in the service, recalled his remote past, but could recollect no name like Fedyukov. What was so strange was that this incognito Fedyukov had signed his name regularly every Christmas and Easter for the last thirteen years. Neither Navigin, his wife, nor his house-porter, knew who he was, where he came from, or what he was like. It's extraordinary, Navigan thought in perplexity, as he paced about the study. It's strange and incomprehensible. It's like sorcery. Call the porter here, he shouted. It's devilish queer, but I will find out who he is. I say, Grigory, he said, addressing the porter as he entered, that Fedyukov has signed his name again. Did you see him? No, Your Excellency. Upon my word, but he has signed his name, so he must have been in the hall. Has he been? No, he hasn't, Your Excellency. How could he have signed his name without being there? I can't tell. Who is to tell, then? You sit gaping there in the hall. Try and remember. Perhaps someone you didn't know came in. Think a minute. No, Your Excellency, there has been no one I didn't know. Our clerks have been, the Baroness came to see Her Excellency, the priests have been with the cross, and there has been no one else. Why, he was invisible when he signed his name then, was he? I can't say, but there has been no Fedyukov here. That I shall swear before the holy image." It's queer, it's incomprehensible, it's extraordinary, mused Navigan. It's positively ludicrous. A man has been signing his name here for thirteen years, and you can't find out who he is? Perhaps it's a joke. Perhaps some clerk writes that name as well as his own for fun. And Navigan began examining Fedyukov's signature. The bold, florid signature, in the old-fashioned style, with twirls and flourishes, was utterly unlike the handwriting of the other signatures. It was next below the signature of Stutchkin, the provincial secretary, a scared, timorous little man, who would certainly have died of fright if he had ventured upon such an impudent joke. The mysterious Fedyukov has signed his name again, said Navigin, going in to see his wife. Again, I fail to find out who he is. 
Madame Navigan was a spiritualist, and so for all phenomena in nature, comprehensible or incomprehensible, she had a very simple explanation. "'There's nothing extraordinary about it,' she said. "'You don't believe it, of course, but I have said it already, and I say it again. There is a great deal in the world that is supernatural, which our feeble intellect can never grasp. I am convinced that this Fedyukov is a spirit who has a sympathy for you. If I were you, I would call him up and ask him what he wants.' "'Nonsense! Nonsense!' Navigan was free from superstitions, but the phenomenon which interested him was so mysterious that all sorts of uncanny devilry intruded into his mind against his will. All the evening he was imagining that the incognito Fedyukov was the spirit of some long-dead clerk who had been discharged from the service by Navigan's ancestors and was now revenging himself on their descendant or perhaps it was the kinsman of some petty official dismissed by Navigan himself or of a girl seduced by him all night Navigan dreamed of a gaunt old clerk in a shabby uniform with a face as yellow as a lemon hair that stood up like a brush and pewtery eyes the clerk said something in a sepulchral voice and shook a bony finger at him and Navigan almost had an attack of inflammation of the brain for a fortnight he was silent and gloomy and kept walking up and down and thinking in the end he overcame his skeptical vanity and going into his wife's room he said in a hollow voice zina call up fedyukov the spiritualistic lady was delighted she sent for a sheet of cardboard and a saucer made her husband sit down beside her and began upon the magic rites fedyukov did not keep them waiting long what do you want asked navigin repent answered the saucer what were you on earth a sinner there you see whispered his wife and you did not believe navigin conversed for a long time with fedyukov and then called up napoleon hannibal askochensky his aunt claudia zaharovna and they all gave him brief but correct answers full of deep significance he was busy with the saucer for four hours, and fell asleep soothed and happy that he had become acquainted with the mysterious world that was new to him. After that, he studied spiritualism every day, and at the office informed the clerks that there was a great deal in nature that was supernatural and marvelous to which our men of science ought to have turned their attention long ago. Hypnotism, mediumism, bishopism, spiritualism the fourth dimension, and other misty notions took complete possession of him, so that for whole days at a time, to the great delight of his wife, he read books on spiritualism or devoted himself to the saucer, table-turning, and discussions of supernatural phenomena. At his instigation, all his clerks took up spiritualism, too, and with such ardor that the old managing clerk went out of his mind, and one day sent a telegram, Hell! government house i feel that i am turning into an evil spirit what's to be done reply paid vasily grinolinsky after reading several hundreds of treatises on spiritualism navigin had a strong desire to write something himself for five months he sat composing and in the end had written a huge monograph entitled my opinion when he had finished this essay, he determined to send it to a spiritualist journal. 
The day on which it was intended to dispatch it to the journal was a very memorable one for him. Navigan remembers that on that never-to-be-forgotten day, the secretary who had made a fair copy of his article and the sacristan of the parish, who had been sent for on business, were in his study. Navigan's face was beaming. He looked lovingly at his creation, felt between his fingers how thick it was, and, with a happy smile, said to the secretary, "'I propose, Philip Sergeyevich, to send it registered. It will be safer.' And, raising his eyes to the sacristan, he said, "'I have sent for you on business, my good man. I am putting my youngest son to the high school, and I must have a certificate of baptism. Only could you let me have it quickly?' "'Very good, Your Excellency,' said the sacristan, bowing. "'Very good. I understand. Can you let me have it by tomorrow?' "'Very well, Your Excellency. Set your mind at rest. Tomorrow it shall be ready. Will you send someone to the church tomorrow before evening service? I shall be there. Bid him ask for Fedyukov. I am always there.' "'What?' cried the general, turning pale. "'Fedyukov. You?' "'You are Fedyukov?' asked Navigan, looking at him with wide-open eyes. "'Just so. Fedyukov. You—you you signed your name in my hall?' "'Yes,' the sacristan admitted, and was overcome with confusion. "'When we come with the cross, Your Excellency, to grand gentlemen's houses, I always sign my name. I like doing it. Excuse me, but when I see the list of names in the hall, I feel an impulse to sign mine.' in dumb stupefaction understanding nothing hearing nothing navigan paced about his study he touched the curtain over the door three times waved his hands like a jeune premier in a ballet when he sees her gave a whistle and a meaningless smile and pointed with his finger into space so i will send off the article at once your excellency said the secretary these words roused navigan from his stupor he looked blankly at the secretary and the sacristan remembered and stamping his foot irritably screamed in a high breaking tenor leave me in peace leave me in peace i tell you what you want of me i don't understand the secretary and the sacristan went out of the study and reached the street while he was still stamping and shouting leave me in peace what you want of me i don't understand leave me in peace End of section 9. Recording by William Tomko.